0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Lane Foundations Podcast. This is your co-host, Davis Hambrick. Joining alongside me today is Walker Lot. What's up, Walker?
1: What's up, Davis? How are you?
0: I'm doing great. Uh as you can see, I'm repping my building science hat today. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ran out of hats. Go. I, I got know, that same kind of, hat. You can kind of see I got some hair right here. Those
1: hats don't fit on my head, so I really can't wear those that often. Yeah, you got a head. You got full a big hair. old head. But man, today was awesome. Uh we got Brian. O'Neill, part two. So, Brian is uh, executive director. I'm pretty sure that's his title for Third Lens. He's president um, now. President now. Yeah. So, uh, Brian runs Promotion. Third Lens. He's awesome. Uh, incredible dude. Just a ton of wisdom pouring out from him. It just has a heart for the Lord. And he just wants to pour into people. And by doing that, he pours into projects uh, that help other people. And, you know, Third Lens is an incredible organization. I know, Davis, you interned for him. So, you could probably speak better than me, but basically, what Fill in the gaps, what I missed, you know, Third Lens uh, does program management for for churches and for organizations that don't know how to to do construction. You know, a lot of churches in the world uh, have never built a building before. They never designed and had to do the whole permitting and had to do the, the actual construction of the process and the closeout and getting things ready for people to actually move into it. And so what they found a lot was, you know, churches would do projects and and not a fault of their own, you know, just inexperience that some of those projects would sit vacant for for a long time because they just didn't have the experience to know how to finish it. And so Third Lens filled that gap. They solved that problem. They came in and said, hey, let us do that for you. And that's exactly what they do. So all over the world, Third Lens is building uh, just these awesome buildings for for people who need it. And they're feeling this need, this this huge need. Uh and it's it's incredible. I, I really love what Third Lens does and I'm very excited and, and proud and humble to be a part of the Industry Advisory Council and get to know a little bit more about them and what they do and and that you and I get to play a small part in the organization.
0: Yeah. Well, Third Lens, you know, their tagline is uh this is where construction and design intersects ministry. And so they're obviously a faith-based organization, but they also they serve people that aren't have any faith, or they might be a different faith. And so mm-hmm who they're serving in any given year changes but um, obviously with the faith base we're hoping that um, in this process as they pursue excellence as they try to build a team as they're looking out for the owner um, they get to share the light they get to share the light uh, of jesus and so um, i love what they do obviously i was a part of as an intern and i got to learn a lot you know i volunteered my time and there's a time where i got to serve but Man, it was so worth it. When you think it's it's weird. I'm gonna get into something else. It's nothing to do with the podcast, but I just this popped in my head. It's so weird how the things in life that you spend like a good amount of time and you didn't want to do it and it's something that's tough, man, you get the most reward from it. Like yep. I spent time, you know, in school, you know, I was paying for my school. Um, I was paying for everything to do. So I already had a job. I was doing in building science. I was trying to date. Uh, a girlfriend at the time and now my fiance was good job davis but then i also tried to serve and like just the I had a lot going on but I you know God put on my life I I need to get connected again. Like I was just doing everything for Davis. And so that started to change and that serving that took time. It did. It took time I don't want to give but man that serving I got to learn so much. I got to meet uh, an amazing guy, Brian O'Neill, got to be a part of the team and seen it grow. Like Seriously, Brian was the only guy on staff at that point. He was the yeah, only paid awesome. guy on staff. The dude's just grown. I mean, just an amazing guy. Someone that um whenever he's at the helm of third lens, they're going to be moving and shaking and, and doing stuff. They already the are,
1: man. It's awesome.
0: And it, it's just unbelievable where he's taking it. And, I mean, I'm just so excited for them. Like you said, we get to serve on, serve on the – Industry advisory council, a different role. Um, I don't know why I asked this, but hey, we're gonna try it. Yeah, me
1: neither, but I'm pumped for it. so
0: <laughs> Be the two young guys that help bring a different perspective, but we're just extremely humble. I'm thankful for everything Brian does, and guys, we hope this podcast um, shows you what it takes to be an owner—not just to, to start a project, but to completely get through it. Um, it's more of an educational piece, but um, just had a great time get to talk to a guy that knows a lot about this.
1: Perfect. Without further ado, Brian O'Neill.
0: I love that, uh, Brian. If we could go back, you know, we we're throwing out terms that maybe a lot of our audience doesn't know. But tell us about what exactly do you mean when you say due diligence and constructability review?
2: Yeah, so for me, due diligence um, is is mostly in from a real estate perspective. Is you know when an owner puts a, an offer on a commercial piece of property, they can request a certain period of time. Um, under which they can do their investigation make sure that things are um are lining up and are copacetic with their their long-term vision and so for me you know is is i'm always and this is this comes from a, a brief career in real estate development i mean I, I want as much due diligence as possible because if you run into something that could kill a deal you don't want yeah. the owner to close on it so, you know, one of the first and and I'll use a, a pro, that project in Opalica as an example. So, you know, we come in and there's about 60 days of due diligence left when we were engaged. So out of the gate, you know, we're asking, is there an existing, you know, site plan or survey? Um, they had they had engaged a civil engineer just to kind of a pro bono to, to give them an idea of what the site could look like. So that was a help that was helpful. Um, but I immediately called the city and uh, and, and talked to planning and you know, got got clarification on. You know, uh, was there a special use um, permit required? I mean, it's zone commercial, but for what they do, would it require a special use um, approval by zoning, which can can be a lengthy process? Um, planning. You know, we had that discussion. They sign off on it. You're good. Um, so then, um, the bank was facilitating the environmental reports, and you know, we were able to get back that there's clean history on that, so we don't have to do a phase one, much less a phase two. So that. That was a positive. I'm working with the banker to understand you know, what they need from us so that they can close on the land. Um, we we you know go ahead and reach out to about five or six different companies uh, that we work with to, to see who'd be willing to contribute on the survey. We got a really good price and, and it's like 75% donated on a, a boundary and a, a topo survey. Everything that the contractor would need and the, the civil engineer would need. Um, we identified that, you know, there's from a utility standpoint, you know, there's public sewer and water, so we don't have to do a PERC test. You know, I've walked the site and it's, it's got a crest on it where, you know, the building will sit so that I feel good about, you know, uh, I did a brief flood, uh, flood search. So it's not in a flood zone. Mm-hmm. You know, now we're, we're waiting on the survey to come in, but we're, we're working on, you know, recruiting of the, uh, the civil engineer. And, um, we've had the, the client fill out our pre-designed questionnaire, um, the architect had already met with the client so that, that we didn't have to, to do a, a kickoff there. Um, but then, um, yeah, the, the, the drawings are in preliminary design. So, you know, I'm kind of tracking all these different things to get it to so that by the end of day 60 of when I've been on the project, mm-hmm. I can turn to the owner and we can say, all right, we've 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 checked every box or as many of the boxes as we can. You, I feel confident saying you can close on this dirt and we can build what you want to build. And so, um, yeah. So that for me, due diligence is is truly doing that process of making sure that you're buying a piece of property that you know the intent of your build project is suitable for. That's That's good. Yeah. So, and, and I'm sorry. What was the uh, the other part that you were asking about? You said the constructability review. Oh yeah, constructability review. Um, you know, I I don't have skin in the game. I'm not a, a I'm not a creative, and I'm not a builder. But you know, oftentimes, and and you know, physiologically, a lot of times, those are two different spheres of your brain that are working. Mm -hmm. I'm just the guy that works in Excel that tells us can we afford this or not. (laughs) Um, No, I'm joking. Um, But no, I mean, in in all honesty, you know, because um, in any form of work, if you're so in the details of your scope of work, and you can't stand back and go, oh wow, like that's good, I I but then at the same time if you're if you're the contractor and you know you you have a general um you know negativity towards creatives and you're you're going to come in there kind of cynical it just allows everybody to get in a room and and the cool thing now is that there's really great technology um through BIM modeling and we we've got a partnership with uh uh, a for-profit company that that does some bid modeling for our projects. That's a new relationship that we have with uh, awesome. VIM, and then um, and then through Auburn's building science program um, and some of their computer technology classes, they're going to use some of our projects through Auburn building science. Yeah, um, that's right. Uh, some of the professors over there are going to start to use some of our projects just to let students oh, that's take cool. the Revit files, convert them, and what that's going to allow us to do that's is cool. um, and and. And I have I've, I've, I've limited experience, so I can't say I'm an expert on it. But from what I understand is that, you know, as you walk through a building, the Revit component with the BIM will allow you to see where, oh, man, that beam goes right yep. through, you know, duct work for the HVAC system. And and, and so whether it's That's doing it through or the or- technology of, yeah, I mean, the, so for me, constructability is, you know, on, mm. a, on a, a two-dimensional piece of paper. Drawings, and with a contractor, how do we just make sure that the laws of physics allow us to do what we want to do? Right,
0: uh, that's good. And, a, and then that.
2: aesthetically, cool. and then aesthetically to walk an owner through a building, where they can get the feel for, oh man, yeah, this is this is exactly, or or maybe they realize like two classrooms should really be one because they're both really tiny. But if we had a big classroom, we could make some some you know it would fit our program. Um, so, yeah, so from a constructability standpoint, um, we're all imperfect in this process. But if we're inviting right. each other, we're working as a team. Okay. It's all for the betterment of the owner that we catch those things early instead of in the field.
0: That's good. I love cool. that because, you know, like you said, it doesn't just have to be in construction. You can take that and apply that to life in general. If you're so involved in creating something or making something and you haven't asked anybody for feedback on it, and go put something out, and it just sucks. <laughs> well, you, you know, it's kind of your fault because you never took someone else's opinion that might have more experience. I mean, Walker, we talk about this all the time about just how simple to ask a question and let someone else see it because they're not in it and they see something they can fine tune it and make it work. But I love that. Walker, I know you had something to say.
1: No, I was going to talk. Yeah, the, BIM, the BIM part of it is just incredible. And I'll nerd out for a second because our company does a ton of BIM and we do class detection for everything. Everything, and what's in, what's really cool about that is it. It's like living a life before you live it, so you mm. can see the mistakes that you're gonna make before you get to that point in time, which is really cool. I wish we could do that now and uh, in in real life. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, one thing that was 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 neat that I, I got a I got an iPad for work uh, this week, which is pretty cool. And uh, so I was looking at our at our Procore and. I went to the BIM section of it and I could actually like fly around. I could control it like a, you know, joysticks on it. And I could fly around inside this model. Like I was actually there and see every single thing that's going to be there or that we modeled so far. And and zoom in, zoom out, see the offices, see the desk with the computers on it, you know, where the plugs are going to be. And it's just nuts that technology like that exists today to where you can you can do that. It's just cool. So I'm glad you're all using that more of the story is I just that stuff is is really, really cool to me. What 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 foundations are you laying today? See what we did there? That are going to benefit yeah. you for for later on, you know, in in third lens in your life. How, how do you set up partnerships in the future for success now that might not happen, you know, until maybe five or 10 years down the road, but you're having to start developing it now?
2: Yeah, and so I, I I think for us, you know, this this venture into BIM is a is a great example of, you know, there are things that I know it could have helped us on on past projects. There's things that's going to help us on in the future, um, but as as I look at the needs of the organization and the needs of our partners, I mean that's ever evolving, and so um, because I, I actually do all the recruiting for our industry partners, so those are the, you know, the the, the for-profit companies that the GCs, architecture firms, engineering firms and technology like, so Procore is one of our partners. They, they graciously, you know, gift us with their software on an annual basis. And, um, and so, as I look at the future needs and then I'm also kind of have my ear to the ground, understanding what the new stuff is that's coming out. Um, I mean, even this past week, I know Matterport's been around for a while, but, you know to some of the um the drone based and ai based technologies that are available in construction i'm thinking all right what are the what are the needs that i could perceive in the future of our clients and how do i go find solutions for those mm-hmm. and so yeah i mean for me i'm i'm having to service our existing projects with our industry partners but also project out you know, what are the what are the potential needs and then what are the cool things that are out there that, you know, yeah. we could be cutting edge and bring to them and solve problems they don't even know they have. Um, but at the end of the day, I agree. It's it's all about relationships. And um, I think back to my days in um, in uh, in banking and we talked about there there's like the five C's of credit. It's all the kind of metrics that you look at the creditworthiness of a, a client um but one of the ones that we added and this was specific to our team was character okay. um and so you know we always wanted to do work with people and this was from a borrowing um uh, uh viewpoint but i i i take it to heart with we want to we want to do ministry with partners that we would feel comfortable taking home to mama for sunday dinner and that was kind of our mantra is, you know, we don't want to give a loan to somebody that we, we wouldn't feel comfortable taking home to our family's, you know, sacred place of breaking bread. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, yeah, I mean, whether it's our industry partners or our, our, our ministry partners, mm-hmm. um, in a lot of ways, they become family. Like you guys are part of our family, serving on the Industry Advisor Council, being volunteers. Um, our ministry partners. I mean, I've, I've been up at night crying and praying over situations um, you know, and, and diving deep because yeah, they're family. Um, And, and, and so in this whole thing, you know, we can all make a bunch of money in the construction and design industries because we're going and blowing right now. But at the end of the day, the relationships that we build is, is what's going to, you know, stand the test of time.
0: Yeah. And I, I mean, to, to carry off of that, you know, Not that I'm some rich guy or anything, but, you know, I'm extremely blessed, you know, to think that going through the Auburn building science program and to make what I make and, you know, to think that doesn't give me joy. Like when I get my paycheck every Thursday, like that, that, I don't get anything out of that. Like, okay, cool. I got, I got paid. Like I, I know I can pay for the things I need. God's provided for me. That's great. But the relationships are what I get the life out of It's what, you know, when someone's going through a hard time, I'm sitting there and taking time instead of acting like I'm busy and going and doing something, I'm going to listen. I'm going to sit there and understand what they're going through on the job side or, you know, spending time, um, going back into the steward- stewardship part. You know, I challenged myself. It's like, what am I doing when I'm at home at night? Am I just vegging out watching TV on Netflix? Because I mean, Ryan, I'm not married yet. I'm not like you. I don't have kids and a family that, you know, like I'm sitting at home. So man, why don't we do this podcast, or why don't we tr- try to start create content to invest in, like, inspire people to want to have a change. Like, one of the, the biggest things I think about constantly now is just the training side in construction, and not just in the aspect of what they do, but giving people just skills. Like, man, I I have this guy on my job set right now. I'm not going to get too detailed about what he's going, going through, but Man, listening to his story, it just absolutely blows my mind the things that he went yeah. through in, in New Orleans, Louisiana. Like, and mm. he came out of a situation that he could have come out with so much uh, anger and frustration, and he just walks with the the biggest peace I've ever seen. And if I, I put myself in his shoes, I thought, man, I'd be the angriest guy. I would be the mm. one complaining. But man, he just came out with grace and he, he, he helps us out. He has a good heart, has a good attitude. And I'm just thinking about like, And what can I do on a daily basis to pour into him to say, I mean, I know he's a Christ follower, but man, he just went through so much in his life. What can I do on a daily basis to just speak life, train him a little bit about construction to help him have a skill to, to, to want to actually care. Maybe that means I I spend a little bit more time with him outside of work that I thought, you know, man, I was counting on my own time, but I'm going to invest in that relationship, invest in that person. And if we just had, more of that, obviously the world would be a better place and we'd be doing more of, uh, of God's work. But man, I just think about that constantly. Like what is the thing that I'm doing right now that could be pouring into someone else instead of just being selfish and worrying about my own thing. So,
2: yeah, no, I mean, I, I think there's two big things that you mentioned in there that resonate with me. The first is at the end of, at the end of all of this, are you going to regret missing, you know, the last episode of tiger King or you going to regret, the opportunity to sit with somebody and have real conversation and whether yeah. that's mutually beneficial or if it if you're just speaking life into that person and they're speaking life into you yeah. I, I can't not think that god isn't going to honor those moments over the moments that we just kind of spend in blind i'm not saying don't you right. know right. have recreation and downtime um but one of the things that i'm trying to get better at and this is this is something i struggle with because i have so much going on is i want to try to be as present as possible mm. in as many conversations as i can mm. so sometimes that means i mean i got the dual monitors up right now sometimes that means i got to shut everything else down except yeah. for yeah. this right here because i can get distracted by it. the emails are going to come in the texts are going to come in mm. that stuff's going to flow but how do i get So, in line with all right, I want to just spend this time with Davis and Walker because I'm going to learn something and maybe I can teach them something. And at the end of the day, if I'm present, the rest of it just kind of doesn't matter. I mean, unless your wife's calling and it's an emergency, but, but I mean, if if I was doing this and I had 10 other things going, you know what, you'd know immediately like Brian's not present, right? That's right. And I, I don't want to be that for you guys, I don't want to be that for my kids, I certainly don't want to be that for my wife, and I don't want to be that with my God.
0: Yeah, that's um, right. No good. I love that because, you know, I think about in my life, I mean, my aunt just taught me this. So it's just, Davis, if you spend time just listening to somebody and show them that you have the, the active listening skills, as you show that to anybody on the job site, they're going to want to do anything for you. They're like, we can, we take this so much in this world for granted mm. over this right here, what we're actually doing. And I actually was listening to um, Dino talking this morning. It was actually what he uh, talked about at Church of the Highlands the past Sunday. But he was talking about up in your passion level. And he just talked about um, he had his phone over his Bible and how many times he was going through that phone instead of his Bible. Like yeah. everything was going off. We're looking mm-hmm. at every notification possible. We have gotten so used to just being busy and distracted that we don't spend time doing the thing where... You know, that Bible should probably be over that phone that I should probably yeah. be seeking that Bible a lot more than I'm looking at my phone every day. And the research, the research is astounding. Like you look at your phone 2000 times a day, like it's unbelievable that we do that. But yeah. um, just being so present to the to the, the point on a job site where, hey, man, I, I'm going to get to know you because you I value you more than whatever text or phone call I got right now. Mm-hmm. If you do that, you're going to stand out.
2: Yeah, no, our team is about to start uh, reading uh, The Ruthless Elimination to Hurry by Comer. Heard that's um, good. Yeah. And, um, you know, the first couple of chapters talks about, you know, on average, we touch our phone. It's like thousands of times a day without even realizing it. And, um, you know, I've got... Uh, it, it, you know, I've kind of put some guardrails around my phone, and I'm I'm still working process. My wife will tell you that on a moment by moment basis. But um, at 8:30, like my phone, unless you're on my emergency contact list, you know the iPhone now has where you can do like work, home, whatever. Yeah. I mean, at 8:30, unless you're on the emergency contact list, which is really my my kids, one person from work, and right. uh, and, and my extended family, and 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 so yeah, if, if you're not on that list, man, I'll catch you at five in the morning. That's right um and so yeah i think we've we've got to um we've got to eliminate the multitasking because we're really struggling with the monotasking and part of that's being present
1: multitasking is such a myth i'll tell you that right now it is because i you know what i found and i know we've gotten off topic. we're about to close it out but what i what i found (laughs) is uh you know especially being in construction and brian you know this davis you you definitely know this as well that you can be doing something at one moment and then like you have to do this two minutes later, something pops up. That's more urgent. And so now you got to get on working on that. And then you forget the thing you just did. So now you're like, Oh dang, I got to go back to that. And then five minutes later, something else pops up. And so, you know, you have it's in this, what that's how life is. You're always going to have something pop up. You're always going to have something that's quote unquote, quote unquote, more urgent, you know, and it's just it, it it's figuring out how to manage all that. And I've had to in my personal life, especially starting to work, I've had to realize okay, I need a system. I need a system that I keep myself <laughs> organized. So I had notepad on my front on my desk and I use one note with just a checkbox list of like well, every time yeah. something comes up, let me get it let me get a to do checkbox. And so now you know my list is like this long, but uh, I at least have everything that I need to know. And we it's had a, a scrum. Per- yeah, scrum. You know, That's we what you're did, doing seriously. Yeah, basically did it. we did a performance review today, and, and you know I, I know starting off, that was the that was the main thing of hey, you know I don't want someone to ask me twice, and every now and then I get that's it, good. and there's and, and and you know my boss was like you know sometimes I've had to ask you twice, I'm like yeah that's true, and i um, you know we worked on me getting more organized, and it's also like setting those boundaries uh, or not the boundaries of saying hey I know you need me to do this, what is your time frame for me to do this. Because yep. maybe your time frame's is different than my time frame, you know. He's like, "Oh, impression. that's a good that's a good point," you know. But like, you know, I, maybe I think you need this done in three days, but you want this done in two days, and so it was just interesting to me uh, how people's different perspectives can align. Different people's ideas can align differently. People's uh, presump presumptions presumptions are different, and then people's priority list is different. So. It's just uh, a. In long story short, yeah, life's life's a hurry, life's a mess, but it's just having that ability to disconnect, to get things organized, to have a mainstream, uh, what you, what do you want to call it? A, a a mainstream trench of going in the same direction mm-hmm. is uh is is unbelievably necessary. But Davis, go ahead and uh, ask your final question, and I'll ask mine, and we'll start closing this out. All right. Well, Brian, as we kind of wind down,
0: we always ask these final two questions. And if you were talking to a young person looking to get into construction, what would you tell them some qualities they should have?
2: Yeah, so the, uh, the, the first that stands out to me
0: with, with your generation, and I'm
2: not picking on your generation, it's just kind of the reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, and I, to be honest with you, I'm going to blame your education um, systems on the way in which they teach you how to learn. Yeah, you guys better. are taught to be professional, multiple choice test takers. Yeah. And so when it comes to critical thinking, I think your generation has just been built into, all right. So what are the, what are the metrics of success for young people coming out of high school? It's like how much scholarship money do you get and how great of a school according to us news and world reports do you get into? And, you know, and so all, the majority of that is all based on what's your GPA and, and then what's your SAT ACT score and you know maybe how well you write an essay and who your parents are um so but I, but i think in 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 all of that and that was around when i i mean i've i, I graduated high school in 99 so i'm not that old um but i mean even it, it was already trending that way anyway i took yeah. ACT test taking prep i mean oh, i could sit I down and test. But I, I love those tests because I figured out my brain worked the logic of, you know, you run through, you get the first pass, then you start eliminating, you know, I did well in that, that area where I didn't do well was sitting down and reading an actual book because I was just not interested in reading. Now I love reading. Um, But I think in that educational system, what it's caused you to do is not be critical thinkers and troubleshooters. And so when when I was a kid, you know, there was this commercial for Encyclopedia Britannica that you know the kid was like, "Mom, what's an aardvark?" And you know she would scream from the other room, "Look it up, dear!" And it was to sell encyclopedias. You guys probably even know what an encyclopedia is, but (laughs) yeah, we do. um, But but now, but now I mean, seriously, with with my kids and and even um, with our interns and even with some of our staff, you know, they're like, "Brian, how do I do this?" Hmm. Well, the the likelihood is is that I probably don't know how to do it there's a high probability that <laughs> but what I do know how to do is I know how to use figure Google. it out yeah yeah so like even before this call I was on um, on the phone with one of our staff and we we're trying to I was asking how do I get this video up on YouTube so I can share it with our industry advisory council so they can watch the the first meeting and and he was like oh well I just don't know well by the time he finished that sentence I googled it and I sent him the instructions of how to give me permission so that I could do it. And so um, one of my fears for your generation, and, and I think I originally kind of came to this conclusion uh, because of a Malcolm Gladwell book uh, called Outliers. Um, if, if you are someone that when when you're, when you're supervisor, when your boss, when the business owner comes to you and says, hey, you know, I've got a project for you, you know, I'm going to kind of give you some autonomy on it. Um, I think before, you know, you come back with that first hurdle and say, hey, how do you do this? You've got the World Wide Web at your disposal. You know, the softwares that we use in our work have tutorials, they have trainings, self teach is out there. YouTube, I I fix more things on my car in my life than I ever thought I would just watching YouTube videos. And I'm not, I mean, I know nothing about cars, but the little I do know is from YouTube. And so, yeah, I mean, one of the one of the things I look for in uh, in, in in young people and hiring and, and bring them on as interns is, is did, do you have the intu- intuition to know the resources that are available, and then try it out and fail, and fail again, and then you know if if you still can't get after well, obviously then go to the people that you need. But um, just too often it's like, hey, can you go do this? And within thirty seconds, I get the first question back. How do I do and, this? <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, look it up, dear. I mean, uh, Google it, dear. Um, so anyway, that, that, that's big for me.
1: That's a, I mean, that's a fantastic point. And I think that a lot of people, one thing that we preach at least, or at least our project team, you know, it to, to our, uh, vendors or trade partners, whatever you want to call them is that a lot of times people will come to us and say, Hey, you know, we have this problem or we have this, uh, there's a delay because of this. And we're like, well, you know, what's, what's the answer to it? Cause why are you? you know, it, this is your scope. How are we going to solve that problem? We're not dealing with those vendors that you're working with. We're not dealing with fabrication. So, you know, what is your solution to it? And they're like, oh, well, uh, I don't know. Let me go see. You know, so we started to try to tell everyone, like, that's fine if you have problems. But if you have a problem, if you don't know how to do something, come up with a solution first. And yeah. that solution might not be the answer. It might not be the right solution. But at least you put some thought into it and tried it you know? And, yeah. and so it's like, the, it's the process of just, just try it, just do it. And even me, I'm guilty of it. You know, again, in the review today, the one thing is like, I need to be more decisive because a lot of times I know the answer to it, but I don't, in my mind, cause I'm, I'm new, right. I don't want to mess things up. And so now I'm getting permission or I'm getting to the point to where uh, I am able to go and just do it and to go and say, Hey, I'm doing this, or this is what I'm working on at the moment. And then it can be corrected. So now I'm able to say, you know, I, I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to try it. I'm going to go reach out there and yeah. start it. And I'm going to make an effort to do it. And then I can be corrected later. But right now, let me just let me let me work on it. You know, I think a lot of people are, are afraid to do that or afraid to and quote unquote mess up because I've yeah. been there. I understand, you know, but you don't learn unless you mess up and you, you don't learn as well unless you mess up because someone can easily come to you and say, hey, Brian, show me how to do this. And they'll learn it, but they're not going to they're not going to deeply learn it. They're not going to get that ingrained in their mind of, okay, this is the right way to do it. I've tried five different ways and that wasn't it, but the sixth time it worked or the 10th time it worked or the 20th time it worked.
2: Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I mean, if, if you and I are doing a role play and and you call me and say, Brian, the metal building we ordered is delayed by six months. Well, you just I, you've verbally given me I've the given problem. you a problem yeah you've just you've just passed the problem back to me right but what if what if the, what if your response was different? So you get the call, or you get the email the, the metal building is going to be delayed six months and you come back to me and say, hey Brian, um, you may have seen you may not, but the the metal building on this project has been delayed six months. I called our sales rep, I talked to him he didn't seem to have any answers so then i asked him for the production managers or the 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 s the senior vice president over operations and i talked to them and they've said that you know they've got these components in the warehouse but they're missing these components and they're coming from this place and what we agreed is is that we're going to talk every two days until we can get a firm delivery date and i'll report back to you as as often as you want me to but I've already set up a mechanism where he and I are going to talk every couple of days. I'll keep a log of everything so that we can pass it on to the owner and reporting. That answer is infinitely better than just saying, Oh, well, our building is delayed six months.
1: Darn it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so, and so
2: to give you perspective of what, you know, owners and presidents and executive directors are dealing with. So because my time is being pulled in so many different directions in a growing organization, I'm constantly empowering our team to say, hey, take it 90, 95% of the way. I'm not going to be critical of, you know, the fi- it's not final product. But if you can take it 90, 95% of the way without having me to do all the work along the way with you, then I can jump in high level, you know, give you feedback and the missing information you need. And then we get to finish product. And so, yeah, I mean, that's that's what we're struggling with on our side. We don't need to jump in the chair with you to call the sales rep, to call the production manager, to call the VP of operations. We need you to take that initiative to make those calls for us because you come to me with that second answer and I'm going to go, Walker, well done. Push as hard as you can. Oh, and by the way, call this guy. I know him from Rotary or whatever. I know him from, uh, you know, uh, AGC or ABC, whatever, you know, see if he can help out. Let me know. I can help you copy then I can tell you how to communicate with me. Don't copy me on every email. Just give me a weekly update on Friday. So now we've set those expectations. And now not only have you taken a problem off my plate partially, but now I've empowered you to not just manage the situation. You're the lead on the situation.
1: Yeah. That's so good. I completely agree. Brian, last question, you know, Again, you've done it all. You've been a lot of different places, been a lot of different industries, as it sounds like. But what's something that you would go back if you had all this knowledge and you you could tell your 20-year-old self one thing that would change the course of your life going forward, what would it be?
2: Oh, wow. That's uh, that's a good one. I forget what I said last time, too. So um, this, this is all new to me. Um, I, I guess, uh, you know, to piggyback off my comment about being present, you know, life comes so fast and, and I, I, I can only imagine what's like for you guys. I know, you know, you're not married, you don't have kids yet, but, um, yeah, I would probably say stick to a flip phone. Um, you know, the, the Razor yeah. Motorola Razor was yeah. mm-hmm. a, it was, it was pretty legit back in the day, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if I remember when I asked my boss at the bank if I could have a BlackBerry, and 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 she said in that moment she's like, you don't realize that when you when you can leave at five thirty in the afternoon and not have to be connected to emails and yep. work, it's not all that it's made out. And I was just I was so enamored by you know having a laptop I could take home instead of having a desktop in an office in a secure location that I couldn't take home, and then you know getting a BlackBerry, and and so yeah, I think in that moment I would have. I would have probably pushed back the connectivity
1: mm-hmm.
2: and said, create your non-negotiables, your boundaries early. Cause it's harder to roll them back than it is, you know, to, to let them creep okay. in.
0: That's good. That's I really do good. that now. And people, people get onto me, you know, I have a work phone and my personal phone and I don't want to be, you know, Lord willing, if Brassville and Gore still, still lets me work. I hope they do, but I don't want to be the superintendent that has, uh uh, one phone and just gets blown up every night whenever i get home to see my family it's 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 their time obviously like you said when there's an emergency they got my number call me like we'll work something out if god forbid the building's on fire and something like i gotta get there but like hey i I got something to do tomorrow like you know we can talk about that tomorrow
2: yeah yeah no i i I was gonna say earlier but this is a a perfect segue is is the fact that we've got so many systems and the people have written all these books about how to how to put guardrails around this stuff. I mean, Davis, how many guys are on your project team in in some form of leadership or management? You got 10 guys. Why not sit down and say, okay, every 10 days, one of us is going to be on call and the other nine guys spend time with your family. Why not, you know, have the mechanisms that, you know, if it truly is an emergency, like the, I'm on vacation today and I'm struggling with, do I check emails or not? But we have the opportunity to retrain our teams and our clients, and if we don't take that opportunity to say, "Hey, I'm going on vacation for three days. If if you can't get a hold of me and it's not an emergency, then it can wait till the Monday when I get back. Or I've got a backup person that's got my got me covered because I'm going to cover them when they're on vacation." we're not that important. The sky is not going to fall if we yeah. take a couple of days to, to hang out with our families and truly enjoy. And if it really is an emergency, empower your team to know like, hey, I don't want to get a phone call, but if you call me, I'm going to answer. And it better, better, be, better be an emergency. <laughs> yeah, the building better be on fire. Yeah. Um, otherwise, and, and so I think as we train each other and we learn our cadences and we start to buy into like, Hey, this is the culture of how we're going to work. I'm not going to call Davis on his vacation. We got this to have that peace of mind to then go on vacation, knowing that you got your guys have your back and that you've got their back. Then we can start to recalibrate this dynamic. That's not going away. That's good. So really good. yeah, I, 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 I'm learning every day how to be better at it, and I'm I'm probably sucked at it pretty good today.
0: <laughs> Simplify it, Walker, to make decisions. You know, make decisions, yeah, exactly. and if you fail, learn.
1: Yep. yep, I love it, Brian. Well, guys, I thank you so much for having two. me. <laughs> yeah, seriously, thank you again, man. This was awesome, uh, and I like the I like the new answers to the final questions. That's great. Love it. Yeah, we'll do this once a year, and I'll, I'll forget. Yeah, and yeah. come up with some. There we go. That
0: works. That's, That's right. That's right. <laughs>
1: yeah, but no, guys, I do appreciate it.
2: Um, You can check out Third Lens, -lens third-lens.org and third-lens on most social platforms. But again, I appreciate the opportunity and uh, I'm just grateful for the work that you guys are putting in and the the foundations you're laying for uh, the next generation.
0: (laughs) Uh, I got to get over that. So Thank you, That's, Brian. Right. That's
1: right. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. All right, brothers. Have a great night. Thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast today. We cannot tell you how thankful we are for every single one of our listeners. And we genuinely want to know and learn about you a little bit more. So if you're interested, uh, maybe sending us a question or just saying, hey, or wanted to talk to us a little bit, please reach out to us at contact at laying-foundations.com. If you, need, if you didn't hear that, didn't understand it, you can go in our show notes and just click on the link and write us an email. Please, we would absolutely love to hear from you. Seriously, me and Davis get excited every single time we get an email from one of our listeners. It, it, it genuinely makes our day. But if you want to find out a little bit more about us uh, via social media, Davis is going to tell you a little bit how to do that.
0: Yeah, thanks, Walker. Guys, like Walker said, reach out to us any way you can. We appreciate feedback, whether you like it or not. You know, it helps us grow in any way. We're welcome. We're, we're here to listen and whatever you guys tell us we're going to try to implement that into our strategy but how to get in contact with us on social media we have a LinkedIn account called the Lang Foundations podcast we have uh, Walker Walker Lott's LinkedIn profile we have Davis Hambrick LinkedIn profile we have a TikTok page called Foundations. we have an Instagram page lang foundations and then you know that's where we're at these are all down in the in the show notes but guys we just want to put this out there and However you want to get in contact with us, we're, we're, we're imploring you, please, just reach out to us. We'll respond. Reach we'll out. get back to yeah. you. And we Do want it. to hear from you. That, that You're the reason. One of the reasons why we're doing this. We want to hear from you. We want to hear feedback. How can we grow and how can we get better? Because like we said before, um, receiving accountability and receiving feedback is one of our core values, and that defines Walker and I at our core. We want to hear your feedback, and we want to be, be held accountable. <laughs>